In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sometimes, when we talk about knowing things, we imply two different types of knowing. First, there is the rational and reasoned knowing. This is the knowing that we come to by working out some problem, be it a mathematics problem, a philosophical question, or even if we engage with a mystery, like a story or a movie, or perhaps even those odd things that happen in life. The second type of knowing is all that stuff that we learned and studied, all the experiences that we have had and learned from. And sometimes it is the sum of human knowledge that we have gathered and collected. We use both of these types of knowledge each and every day. And sometimes we combine those methods of thinking into the little mundane things of life. For example, we all know that two times two is four and three times three is nine. We know this because around the second grade, we memorized our multiplication tables. And in the series of numbers we learned and memorized, these were two of the equations. We don't have to think and calculate, we just remember. However, if I asked you to multiply 57 and 2,849 together, we might need to grab a pen and scribble some figures before we came to the answer of 162,393. We have reasoned out our answer but we have also used knowledge we know to answer the question. Another example would be when you came here to church this morning. For many of us, we just know the way. We can travel from almost any point in town to here because we instinctively know the way. We have been here enough times that we can almost not think about how to get here. But the first few times you came here, you probably left a little early. You might have had to look at a map or a handy navigation app and be guided here. You reasoned it out. You figured it out until it became second nature. Our gospel from Luke this morning gives a different yet similar account of the same evening we listened to last week from the Gospel of John. This is still the first Easter day. It is evening of the first Easter day. The disciples have been hiding in fear and heard some strange stories from women who were in close association with Jesus. But, as Luke records, to the disciples, these words seem to be an idle tale and they did not believe them. That very same afternoon, two of the disciples began walking to Emmaus, and there they encounter, or on the way, they encounter a stranger who journeys with them, and in a scene highly charged with anticipation, he breaks bread, and the disciples know that Lord, the Lord Jesus in the breaking of that bread. And then he vanishes. 
Immediately they return to Jerusalem and are now telling the rest of the disciples that the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. We started mid-verse with our lesson. The full rendering is, while they, they being the disciples who returned from Emmaus, while they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them. And all skill of knowledge and reason evaporates. Terror seizes them. They are gripped with fear. They begin the step of rationalizing this apparent apparition and conclude that this is a ghost, a specter. Imagine if someone you know had died and you know this person had died, but suddenly they just walked in here. Imagine your reaction. That is what the disciples are feeling and experiencing. Jesus, just like we saw last week with Thomas, gives them everything they need to become believing and to begin to understand what they need to know and what they need to learn. From letting them touch him to eating a piece of fish, after all, ghosts can't eat food, he satisfies all the tests that reason needed for them to start understanding. Jesus is proving himself to them. He is helping them solve a mystery. But Jesus goes a step beyond rationalism and begins to help the disciples dive deep into their memories and explore and dig up knowledge that they already knew. Using the scriptures they had known since childhood, using all the portions of their Bible, the law, the writings, and the prophets, Jesus helps them see, really and truly see, through the knowledge they already had. Jesus guides them to this comprehension of what was already second nature to them and explains what all this really means. Repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem, beginning from where they literally are standing, turning Jerusalem into the epicenter of the fulfillment of Israel's true mission, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles. The disciples are taught and shown how to use the rational methods of looking at the world around them, looking at Jesus and then drawing back into their memory, their second nature, to now move forward into a new and exciting type of discipleship. To be witnesses to Jesus, witnesses to the resurrection, and witnesses to the repentance and the forgiveness of sins. And that is what we do now.
That is what we do here. We gather and we look at the world around us. And we look at the members of this body here near us. And we begin to discern and pray about what things we should be doing. And how we should go about our calling as individuals and as this parish. And we each come back and remind ourselves about what we already know. We say prayers that are familiar. We read from Holy Scripture the stories that tell us who we are. And we take bread and share it, all to help us comprehend and understand who we are. St. John's epistle is a series of these sorts of reminders, too. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. John is saying to us that we know we are God's children, and yet we have hope for a glory that has yet to be revealed. And because we know this, our actions, our thoughts, our very way of living should conform to our calling as Christians. Sin, not living up to our roles as Christians, not seeking each day to live into our baptismal vows, is part of what distracts us, leads us into chaos, and draws us away from abiding in God's love. It is, as St. John says, lawlessness. Instead, we are to be proclaimers of that which the world does not know or recognize yet. Spreading this gospel, this good news of peace and hope and love and forgiveness. There is a song from the 1970s, one of those camp songs that many of us know that sums up this whole concept. And they'll know we are Christians by our love. Be rational Christians. Look for the working of God in this world always. Look for Jesus to pop up where he is least expected. Be aware of all the gifts of creation and the saving actions of Christ in this world. Look actively. But also, be knowledgeable Christians. Learn the scriptures. Read a few verses each day and be surprised by both what you have learned and maybe what you have forgotten. Say your prayers. Continue in fellowship with us, even if the pandemic is making it difficult or if there are old hurts and wounds that are difficult to forgive. Then come 
and be complete disciples. Disciples for whom Jesus has put all things together in realization and stand in awe and wonder at how all the revelations we have from the law, the prophets, the writings, all the way through the gospels and the epistles point the way to Jesus. They all point the way to his saving acts. But don't forget the final step. Go and be witnesses to all we have seen and all that we have heard. Amen.